again. Thank you for joining me for another episode. And um, I titled this one, Put a Little Love in Your Heart. Um, it should give you kind of a clue what I'm going to be talking about on this episode if you haven't already read the synopsis that's up. But um, I wanted to talk about a Christmas Carol. And since it's now December, depending on when you hear this, I'm recording it in December. Um, a Christmas Carol, we all know, was written by Charles Dickens. Um, it actually was published in December of 1843. So we all should be familiar at this point in our lives with some version of this tale, but we know it's a tale of, um, I would say a cautionary tale of our miser Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, He's visited by his former business partner, Jacob Marley, who um, pretty much warns him um, he's dead and (laughs) letting him know that the afterlife is not good for people who were not good and um, just letting him know that he needs to repent and change his ways um, or he's going to be condemned to kind of live the same afterlife just filled with torment and, and strife. And he also gives him kind of a heads up that he's going to be visited by three spirits, um, the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. And after he's had these visits with these ghosts, um, he ends up being transformed into a better person. And it's a really, really nice tale for people to kind of look at themselves, get themselves right. And um, the reason I wanted to talk about this one is Scrooged, the 1988 version directed by Richard Donner, the late, great Richard Donner. It's probably one of my favorite versions of this tale. And and there have been countless versions of this tale. It's been adapted probably more times than anything. Um, And I know this particular story, A Christmas Carol, has been adapted for film, TV, um, more than any of Dickens' other work. Um, They've made it into an opera Um, There's been ballets, uh, we've had animated versions, um, musicals, and so there's so many different versions of this tale. You could actually probably watch a different one each day in the month of December. That's how many different versions that they have of this particular film. Excuse me. And um, that's actually a pretty good challenge. I might try to do that next December um, just to try it out. But, um, you know, the, the tale is the same. Um, you know, he's he's mean and he's a miser and he doesn't really care about anyone else. And we all know the bah humbug and, um, you know, just, just that we can be better. We can change. And I love that kind of underlying theme, um, no matter which adaptation or which version I see of this, of this story. Um, especially around Christmas, but really it's something that people should take into their hearts for all year round. We, We should always strive to be better, but I'll get to that in just a minute or at the end, um, when we, we finish talking about Scrooge, but I do want to bring up a few of the other adaptations that kind of stick out in my mind. Um, the ones that 
I I remember more vividly than others. Um, there was actually one that came out in I guess in the eighties, maybe around eighty three or eighty four, and it's a uh, a Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. And I remember watching it. I think we had to watch it in school. You know, you have one of those like right before the holiday break and then they bring like they wheel the TV cart into your room and and you know that it's basically a free day. You're just going to watch a movie or hang out or whatever. Um, So that was when I remember watching in school um, during one of those holiday breaks. And that one scared the hell out of me. It was so depressing and so creepy. And honestly, I was terrified by it. Um, I found that this one is actually the uh, George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol. It's actually streaming on Tubi, um, that free streaming service. So if you've never seen it, you probably should give it a watch. I'm actually going to try to watch it before um, the holidays, before Christmas holiday, um, just to see if it still has the same effect on me or if it still kind of creeps me out. Cause I just remember after I watched it once, I never wanted to see it again and I always wanted to be good. <laughs> so, um, it may not, it may not be the same, may not have the same impact, but I think I'm going to give it a whirl just to see how it comes across now that I'm an adult. Um, and then the other ones that kind of stand out to me a lot or that I remember, um, pretty fondly are the animated ones. They have um, obviously a, a Mickey's Christmas Carol, and it's really cute because they have Scrooge McDuck obviously playing Ebenezer Scrooge. And um, that one is actually available on Disney Plus if you're wanting to look at that one or wanting to watch it with your kids if you have little ones. Obviously, it's it does still have the same points, but it's not as creepy as watching a live um, action version. And then another one that stands out, um, another adaptation of that uh, Christmas Carol is A Muppet Christmas Carol, which is really cute. And I love that one because I mean, it's the Muppets for fuck's sake. Who doesn't like, if you don't like the Muppets, stay the fuck away from me. Um, but it's the Muppets and Michael Caine is playing Ebenezer Scrooge and it's a musical. Um, I own this one cause I, I've got a thing about musicals and I, I love the Muppets. What can I say? But this one actually, uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol is also streaming on Disney Plus. So, you know, it is one that you can watch with your kids. If you, once again, if you have kids or if you're just a kid at heart, like me, I'm a, I call myself a certified kid old because I'm still a kid at heart, even though I'm an adult. So I need to trademark that kid old. Um, and then actually uh, VH1, the um, music channel or I should say formerly music channel VH1 and MTV. They used to play music videos all the time. And then um, somehow that changed and VH1 started branching out into movies and, you know, reality shows. But I think it was like early 2000 or it might just be 2000. um, They actually had a version that was called um, a diva, a diva's Christmas Carol and it has Vanessa L. Williams, and it's really cute. Um, instead of Ebenezer Scrooge, she's Ebony Scrooge, and she's, um, I don't want to say Mariah Carey-esque, but she's like a a huge superstar. She's got a huge ego. She's 
all about herself. I mean, she's a diva. It's exactly what it sounds like. She's a diva. And um, she's lost her Christmas spirit. She used to be in a a group that's, I guess, would be considered kind of like, well, I would have considered it more like the Supremes, but I guess it would be more like a Destiny's Child type of group. And um, she made a lot of mistakes. And so she gets the the Scrooge treatment <laughs> with her different ghosts that come and um, take her through all of these, these stages of her life to show her um, that she needs to get herself together and get right. And I'm a little biased about this one um, just because it's, it is kind of a musical. It's got musical numbers and I just like Vanessa Williams and I like pretty much everybody in the cast, but I'm really biased. Y'all got to bear with me because I'm going to be talking about my crush. So they have the same, you know, three ghosts and the ghost of Christmas present is played by John Taylor. And if you don't know who John Taylor is, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I, I really love him. <clears throat> so John Taylor is, um, he's the bass player for Duran Duran. And I was head over heels for Duran Duran as a teen in the 80s. But I really love John Taylor. Um, he's tall. He's British. You know, he's, and he plays the bass. More importantly, he, I, I had, I'm a love of, of bass players. Like I, if you're a bass player, I crush you already. <laughs> I don't even know you, but he, he really does a great job of kind of hamming it up in this movie with her and um, showing her all of the stuff that's going on in the, in the present. So or he might've been Christmas pass. I don't remember. I, I was too enamored with him to focus, but um, the Christmas uh, divas, Christmas Carol, that one, it's not streaming anywhere that I can see. I mean, you may be able to buy, find it, you know, if you, if you have one of those, um, I guess, uh, pirate sites that you can torrent stuff. But I do know that I can see that it is streaming, um, not streaming, but it is available on DVD at Amazon for like under 15 bucks. I mean, I would try to, to find it somewhere online or torrent it, um, if you can, it's, it's a really fun watch, but it, it might not be something you want to add to your collection unless you, you know, just, you know, it's 15, it's under 15 bucks. So if you do it, it's not going to hurt anything. If you don't like it, you can always give it to somebody else as a gift. But, um, those are, those are some of the ones that I remember or that stick out as being kind of unusual takes or versions on the Christmas Carol story. But I do want to make um, another one that uh, just kind of popped in my head, too. There was one we watched that was an FX production of A Christmas Carol. And it was written by the um, gentleman who created Peaky Blinders, if you've ever seen that show. So Stephen Knight wrote this. And uh, Tom Hardy and Ridley Scott, they produced it. Guy Pierce is in it playing uh, Scrooge, and this one was so great. It was uh, very dark, and when I say dark, it was, oh my gosh, it was very bleak and depressing, and almost gives you like an, an origin story as to why uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is such a cynical person and, and why he's just a terrible, terrible person, but 
in this version, um, the FX version, he we get a lot more backstory on him. We get to see what happened to him when he was younger and how his father was with him. And it gives you a little bit more insight on how some human beings turn out the way they are. Um, it, it's sad and it, it's it's gritty, but I actually really enjoyed that version. Like that's become a new favorite for us to watch. Um, that one actually is streaming. Let me see here. It's actually streaming on Amazon and Hulu and Vudu. V U. Well, V as in Victor. U D as in David. U Vudu. So it is streaming on those three platforms. Um, I would definitely give that one a whirl if you if you don't mind it being kind of heavy because it is very dark. Um, it's shot, it's film dark. Um, the tone and atmosphere is really bleak, but everybody in that cast acted the hell out of those roles. Um, and it's, that's probably, probably going to be like my top second favorite um, adaptation of the story, just because the acting was so great and the story just, gives you a little bit more insight and your, your heart breaks. You, you won't believe it, but your heart does break to see Ebenezer go through what he goes through. And then your, the light bulb goes off like, Oh, okay. I can see why that would, that would make you the way you are, but it's still no excuse. Um, a thing that I like to say a lot is you, your past doesn't dictate who you are, your circumstances then it, it shouldn't affect who you are now. It might mold you into the person you are, but your past is just that. It's it's your past. Um, but I can understand it. Watching that version, um, you get a lot more, I'd say, empathy towards that character, even though when we first meet him, we have zero empathy for him because he's the scumbag. But um, that FX version definitely one that's worth a watch. Um, you're definitely going to need a palate cleanser or something hilarious after like a Christmas vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation to watch, but um, definitely a, a really, really good version of that. And those are just a few that stand out to me that I really enjoy watching, or it, it gives me like a fond memory um, of seeing that version, that particular version. But for Richard Donner's, once again, the late, great Richard Donner's 1988 adaptation, Scrooged, that one is by far probably one of my favorite versions out of all of the versions of the story that I've watched. And it's such a great cautionary tale, but with Donner's version, we get a lot of laughter and we get a lot of touching moments. And, um, you know, Bill Murray heading out the cast, <laughs> he uh, he really does shine in this film. And it's kind of funny and ironic because, you know, this film has to do with ghosts. And, of course, we all know he was in Ghostbusters. And it's one of those things that people always forget, too. It's a Christmas carol, and it's centered around Christmas, but really, it's a horror story. We're dealing with ghosts, and they're basically telling you, you need to wise up or else you're going to be ending up in a place that you really don't want to end up in. 
Um, so it's kind of scary. I think there's a song, um, the wo- the most wonderful time of the year. And they, there's even a line where they say, you know, we're, we sit around telling scary ghost stories. When I was a kid, I, I never really understood that until, you know, you start watching Christmas Carol and it's like, yeah, this is a scary ass story. We are dealing with ghosts and dead people coming back to tell you, Hey, wise up buddy. So, um, before I get started on Scrooge, I do want to say that, um, Bill Murray is one of the greats. It's, it's Bill fucking Murray. So, I I automatically was going to like this movie, even if no one else liked it, because his comedic timing and the way that he says things, they end up being quotables. And we all, we all love that. You know, we love him. And I will say too, being in South Carolina, uh, he resides here, I think a good portion of, of the year. So we have a lot of Bill Murray sightings and Bill Murray was at a bar and Bill Murray was at a baseball game. So I kind of, I kind of like that. I like the fact that our, our little hometown or our little area is where he likes to be when he's not doing all of these big Hollywood pictures. Um, he actually is even, I think he's like part owner in our, um, we have a river dogs <laughs> baseball team. And I think he's part owner in that as well. So, you know, that that gives me a an extra special feeling knowing that Bill fucking Murray <laughs> lives in Charleston, South Carolina. I don't live in Charleston. I live outside of Charleston, but um, you know, it's close enough that I live on an island and he's been on our island a few times. I've not seen him. I think my husband saw him once and that's a story for another day, but it's Bill Murray. What can I say? So he heads out our cast and he's playing our Scrooge character. But in this version, they don't name him Scrooge. His name is actually Frank Cross. And it's great because um, <laughs> we're, we open with uh, them going over some cheesy Christmas promos. I think Lee Majors is in one and he's helping Santa, you know, fight some some bad guys, which is hilarious. Um, and Frank Cross, this character that Bill Murray is playing, does not like the promo. He wants to see his promo for um, a show that he's pushing his network to broadcast, which is a live version of A Christmas Carol. So we have A Christmas Carol within A Christmas Carol. It's like Inception. Um, But he's a horrible human being. I mean, he's egocentric. He's a cynic. He doesn't give a crap about anybody but himself. He's forcing his staff to work through the holidays. Um, Even his loyal assistant, which is played by Alfre Woodard, they, they have to work. Like he, he doesn't care that it's Christmas Eve. He doesn't care that people have families. He just wants what he wants. And he's going to make sure that everybody does exactly what he says or else. And what I love about his character is he doesn't care. <laughs> He's just as cold hearted as they could get to the point where he even fires uh, one of his executives. They, they play this horrible promo and um, Frank thinks it's great. And one timid executive played by Bobcat Gold, Goldthwait, 
he says, um, you can't play that. That'll, that'll frighten people. They'll, you know, they, that's horrible. And he's like, yeah, you think it's too much? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll do something about it. Thank you for speaking up. And then he proceeds to fire this man on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's just, he is just the scum of the earth, the worst person that could possibly exist. And there are other people out here, I'm sure, that are worse than Frank Cross, but in this movie, he is the worst. And he didn't really say anything bad. He just disagreed with the promo. He thought it was a little bit too over the top. So I'll spare you the rundown. Y'all, you guys already know the story. You know that they get he gets visited by his three ghosts and, you know, he has to be a better person and he becomes a better person by the end of it. I, I will tell you that... Um, it's just, it's a delight to watch this movie. And I know a ton of it is because of, of Bill Murray's performance, but it really has such a great cast. It's got a ton of stars. Um, Alfre Woodard as Grace, his assistant is so great. And you see her, her home life is, I guess for this, for this telling of it, she's our Bob Cratchit. So, you know, she's got a house full of kids. They're living in this tiny apartment. They clearly don't have a lot of money. Um, her husband has died and they make the best out of what they have. And, you know, Frank Cross makes a lot of money. He's a, he's a TV president. He's, you know, he's, he's a network president and he's got his assistant living in such squalor. And even, even though they live in this manner, there's so much love in this house. There's, overflowing amounts of love in this house and she has people who care about her and the kids love each other and her mom loves her and is there with the kids and that's probably one of my favorite things about that is that it shows you that money isn't everything because they clearly have none but they have each other and it's it's beautiful to see that and um casting her I thought was such a great a great thing she's a beautiful woman amazing actress and I like that that take on it um she's super loyal to him and he can't even do right by her um and like I said I'll spare you the rundown of it I I will tell you that when he is visited by these ghosts um his his former partner comes and and tells him the same same setup you're going to be visited by these ghosts and they're going to show you some things and you want to pay attention because you don't want to end up like me. And, um, the, throughout the night when these ghosts show up, it's so great. It's probably the, it gets better with each ghost. At least for me, it did. Um, the favorite, my first ghost is, um, the first ghost we see is, uh, played by David Johansson, um, from the New York dolls. And he's such a New York cabbie. <laughs> that was my New York accent. But he's such a a, a New York kind of go back to Jersey, you bum. You know, he's driving and he's got a stogie and he's just his cab is filthy. And <laughs> he's just just roasting Frank throughout the whole night, you know, just letting him know, hey, everybody thinks they're hard and everybody thinks that they're they're badass. But when they see their mom they're going to break down and cry. And certainly when Frank sees his past events and his childhood and he sees his mom and sees how 
how sweet she is to him, you know, of course he's going to start blubbering because who wouldn't feel that way? Uh, you know, you, you guys are hearing me talk about my mom a lot and she's been gone um, quite a while, uh, almost 10 years now. And if somebody were to take me in a time machine and make me go back and see that, see my childhood with my mom, I would be blubbering <laughs> all over the place. So I thought that was really sweet, you know, to know that somewhere underneath his crappy exterior there there is a heart um he does he does have feelings not many but he does have feelings and um you know he the the ghost of christmas pass um it's a riot i mean each ghost is better than the next one he he nailed it he was such a fun um introduction to what we were going to be having with these visitors with these specters coming to visit him and he gives them the little lesson and then he moves on and we get to the next ghost, which is great. It's the ghost of Christmas present. And Carol Kane plays this particular ghost and she is such a cute little violent and volatile fairy. <laughs> she just proceeds to literally beat the shit out of this band throughout the whole ordeal of their segment together um when i say literally beat some sense she is literally beating the hell out of him and um oh small trivia for you there's actually a scene where uh she grabs bill murray's lip and she actually tore it so badly that filming had to be halted for several days so if you ever go back and watch that and you see where she kind of pulls his bottom lip and then lifts it up. She ripped that lip. I don't know what kind of strength she was using, <laughs> but that is uh, that is something. That was just a little trivia, but I, I just love how she's so violent with him. You know, she's beating him with toasters and, you know, slapping him and punching this guy. It's, it's hilarious. Um, but also, you know, when she takes him over because she's the ghost of Christmas present, she takes him over to see his brother, who he has very little to do with. Um, he's invited him to have dinner with him and his wife for years, and he never shows up. And he gets to see how much his brother really loves him, um, despite him not kind of reciprocating that to him. And I, I love the fact that he got to see there are people who care about you and don't want anything from you. They just want you your love and your time and and that's what's important but very sweet touch um and very funny touch to have such a diminutive um kind of violent person it cracks me up every time i watch it carol kane nailed it she was perfect i i can only imagine not that i ever i always say this not that i ever want them to remake these movies because they're so close to me and dear to my heart but the only person I could really see in that role would be somebody like Anna Kendrick because she's so small and waifish. And I think that would be a crack up <laughs> to see her punching somebody in the face because she's so tiny. Um, and then we do get the ghost of Christmas future, which <laughs> when we see that uh, for the first time, Frank opens up that cloak and he sees that group of souls kind of shrieking, closes the cloak. And then he, waits a minute, 
waits a beat and then he opens it again just to make sure that's what he saw and uh, to me that's one of the the great comedic <laughs> sight gags uh, along with the slapstick that we see here I think that's probably one of my favorite and of course by the time we get to this ghost you know he gets to see exactly what what lies for him in his future um but what I also do appreciate about this film and this particular version is, well, we get to see um, Frank Cross uh, and the ghost of Christmas past. We get to see that he had a, a great love. Um, his former girlfriend, uh, played by Karen Allen, she was his true love. And he let her slip away because he was in such pursuit to be famous and known and, you know, get his name up there, which there's nothing wrong with getting recognition, but, you know, you do have to take the time to appreciate the people that are in your life and, and go through that journey with them. And he let her slip away. And Karen Allen is such a, a great counterpart to him because she, Claire is, she's completely opposite. She's working in a, she's working in a, a homeless shelter. You know, she's got a very good heart. Um, she's just everything that Frank should have kind of clung to, um, that he ended up pushing away. And so I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this movie and one of the reasons it's probably one of my favorite Christmas films. I won't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely in my top five and one that I watch every year because I just, I love it so much. Um, well, first of all, it's it's definitely my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. I'll just throw that out there right now. And it's got Bill fucking Murray. I've, I've said that because that's the man's name as far as I'm concerned, Bill fucking Murray. The cast has all of the Murray brothers. So we get his, um, I think the oldest brother is playing his father in the um, past flashback. And his younger brother is actually playing his brother in this film. And his other brother is one of the guests when they're um, having the party game. So you've got all four Murrays. Um, we also have, like I stated before, Alfred Woodard. Um, she's just so effective and I, I love her in this and she has a son who um, is embodying the tiny Tim role but he he has an issue um, where he can't speak because he saw his father murdered at a young age and there's a scene in that film that if it doesn't touch your heart you really need to reevaluate yourself. Um, that the child who played, and I apologize, I don't need, I don't know the child's um, actor's name, but he was such a great kid. His his expressions and his face, and it's it's something that kind of warms your heart. At least it did mine. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm I'm a cynic. I'm a, I'm a cynical person. I I don't open up to a lot of people, and when I do, if I do open up to you, then it, then you must be somebody special because I, I'm very, um, I don't want to say timid, but I'm very selective on who I open up and share things with. So, um, for, for this scene to the scene that I'm talking about in this film to touch me the way it did, 
I, I was, um, and I'm not a crier either, but I was very moved by what I saw, especially with this child actor. Um, and it's just, there's something about this film and it may have been, I watched it at a time that I needed to see it. Um, I always tell people things come into your life when you need them most. And maybe this just was at a time that I needed it most, but this version really resonates with me. And, and, and my humble opinion, when Frank crosses, um, when Frank cross gets it, when he finally gets it after he's been visited by these ghosts and he's seen what he's done and, and what, what's to come for him, he finally gets it. It's like that light bulb goes off in his head and almost like a Grinch, you know, your heart becomes three sizes too big. And you realize that you can, you can make a difference. You can change. It's not too late. It's never too late. And my favorite part is when Frank gets it, he interrupts the, the now live broadcast to speak to everybody in the IBC audience. And in turn, he's speaking to us, the audience that's watching this film. And he's telling us this, we can keep this, this Christmas feeling, this Christmas spirit alive. We don't have to wait until it's the holidays. We can truly be better. We can, we can be better as a society. We can be better as humans we can do these things. It's never too late. You can keep that alive all year long. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything that's monetary. It doesn't have to be anything more than saying, here, you look cold. Let me give you this jacket. Or here, you look hungry. Let me give you this, this sandwich. Just be there and it's a touching moment. I, I love when he finally breaks down and he's like, I want to feel that. I want to know the joy of helping someone else and doing better and being better and making everything better as much as I can. And not to, not to be overly sappy, but it's truly a touching moment because it's one of hope and it's one of love and it's one of pure, um, pure spirit, that Christmas spirit. And when you're a kid, you get toys and you wait for Santa to bring you gifts. And that's what Christmas means to you. When you get a little older, it means something different. And when you have children, it really means something different. But I feel like as adults, sometimes we just lose that, that feeling, that Christmas feeling. Um, and the other thing I, I feel too, is that we only have this facade at Christmas. People are a little nicer and people smile, people are a little kinder, but like he's saying in Scrooge, it doesn't have to stop and start at Christmas. We should be this way all the time. And I trust me, I'm no therapist. I'm not a counselor, but I truly believe 
we could be better as a society if we just try to do one small act of kindness, one small act of kindness, because that can transform someone for the better. You, you never know what someone else is going through. You never know how bad someone's battle is. And even something simple as saying, I hope you have a nice day, or something simple as saying, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you? Um, I, I like that theme in this film that we get these different ghosts and the past is there purely for us to reflect, not to regret because the past is gone. It's, it's, you can't rewind it. You can't do it over, but we can reflect on things we could have done differently. And we can also look at our past to see how far we've come. And the present, where we are right now, this is our chance to make things better for our upcoming future. We, we have the chance right now in this present to shape and mold what our future turns out. We all have it in us to be better. We have it in us to, to better our society and, and something simple, really, really simple as a buying extra food and, and donating it to a food bank or donating clothes to a thrift store so that something you might think is old might help somebody who, who needs to impress somebody for a job or who doesn't have a whole lot of money but needs clothes to wear. Something simple as buying pet food and taking it to your local shelter or even volunteering, you don't necessarily have to do anything monetary, volunteering at a retirement community or at, at a place with, with kids that don't have anyone, you know, you can go and volunteer your time and read with them and be with them. And I love that, that feeling I get when I watch Scrooge and he's saying all of these things to you, just, just keep that, that thought process and that spirit alive and I think that's why this film means so much to me, because that one moment of him monologuing to us and explaining that it, it doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. This is the time for you to, to change and make that change in your heart. And um, even something as simple as, as giving someone your time, once again, doesn't have to be monetary. Something as simple as asking someone that you work with, hey, are you doing okay? Or hi, I know we don't really talk too much at work, but just wanted to know if there's anything I can do to help you out. Uh, you know, checking in on your neighbors. And once again, I'm not a counselor or a therapist or anything like that. And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but we've kind of lost that touch where people actually care about people. And we need to know that it's important. Your time, listening, helping, just reaching out, that can make a huge difference. But we have to know that it doesn't stop at Christmas. It doesn't stop at Thanksgiving. We, we focus on those two months like people aren't needing things throughout the year. You know, there are women that are in domestic violence shelters and, and they need items and they need help. And 
you have to put others in front of your needs. And it's just one of those things. I, I think we can all make a huge difference. We just, we just have to want it. It's like Frank Cross says, when you do it, you'll, you'll get that feeling and then you'll want to do it again. And then you'll want to do it again. And then you, you will embody this, this hope and light that we desperately need in this world. And not to be another sappy kind of ending, but just to know that you can do it and not for the sake of social media, not to say, look, this is what I did. I helped this person, but because it's the kindness in your heart, the the goodness that you're wanting to ripple out into this world, because we all hear negative things, especially around the holidays, especially around the holidays. And some people don't have anyone that they can talk to. Some people don't have family or friends that they can connect with. And it, it doesn't hurt to try and help. It doesn't hurt to try to reach out and say, hey, I know you don't have anybody here for the holidays. Would you like to come and have dinner with us? Would you like to go and have a cup of coffee? Would you like to go and have, go and see a movie? Um, just anything that you can do something simple, just an act of kindness. Even if you were to be in your local coffee place, I'm not going to say any name brands, but you know what I'm talking about, the big chain. But even if you were getting your coffee in the morning and somebody behind you was getting ready to order, offer to pay for their coffee. You don't want anything. You just want to show them that they're still good in this world. And amidst all of the hilarity in this film and, and all of the, um, sorrow that we see because there are a couple of people in this movie that we see well particularly there's one scene in that we see where uh claire works at a um a crisis center a center uh, which is basically a homeless shelter that she works for but they call it a crisis center and um this gentleman just asks hey can i borrow two bucks to to heat my blanket because he's going to sleep on the street with a heated blanket and he needs batteries and Frank passes him by and this poor gentleman freezes to death. And it's, it's sad and it's, it's shocking, but it's happening everywhere. We, we turn a blind eye to things because it doesn't affect us, but humanity affects us. We, we need to be part of, that word humanity we need to be humane we need to be human and so that one monologue of him kind of talking to us and telling us what we can do and not just for the betterment of ourselves but for the betterment of everyone else really kind of resonated with me and i know i'm being heavy-handed right now and i i typically don't wear my heart on my sleeve but for right now that's where it is it, it's it's not just the holidays. It's not just, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. We, we need to look out for each other. We need to love each other. We don't always have to like each other, but we, we need to be better as a society. And I, I think this is why this particular version of a Christmas Carol hits home for me because in today's society, um, we, we need to, we need to look out. And, you know, even if you need an ear, 
you can always reach out to me on social media. You can always reach out to me in an email. Everything's connected to this this podcast. Even if you just need somebody that that needs to listen, I, I'm a great listener. That's all I can tell you. Um, people like telling me things, and I I'm fine with listening. And Scrooge to me, it it made me. Out of all of the countless times that I've seen A Christmas Carol, it made me realize that it is that simple. We can do this every day. We can, we can perform these these little things that only seem to be getting glimpses of during certain times of the year. We could do it every single day, year round. We all could. And who knows? By you doing something simple as an act of kindness for someone else, that could ripple out, and things could be better. We just, we just need to know there's always hope and there's always something we can do. So if you've seen Scrooged, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, um, I will tell you, it is streaming on Pluto. And I think AMC is playing it probably all month long, nonstop. So I'm sure you can watch it at some point. But once again, it came out in 1988. I'm not... I'm sure most of us listening have seen it. I hope you've seen it. And if not, then you have an outlet to go see it. But thank you for letting me rant about that. I feel like I got a little gushy, but that's okay. Uh, that's that's part of the reason why I do this, just because it's it's something that's close to me. I feel like when I watch it, it, it connects me with people who get that same feeling. It's never too late to change and be better. It's never too late to keep that Christmas spirit alive. And just like the song that I named this episode, it says the world can be a better place for you and me if we just put a little love in our heart, which I think was a perfect song for them to kind of having their sing-along singing us out to the end and then to hear that Al Green and um, Annie Lennox version playing over the credits it it makes you realize that you can you can change things for the better if you really want to and um, I think A Christmas Carol the theme of of Charles Dickens I don't think he realized how much of an impact it would have had um, on society but that's another example of someone, a small um, act of writing a story as a parable of what could be and what you can do in your life to be a good, decent person. Um, you know, it's it's made a huge impact on a lot of people, clearly from all of the different adaptations and different films and, and media versions of this of this tale. So... That's the end of this podcast. Um, thank you for letting me kind of gush on. And um, I hope that this finds you well. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, you know, once again, I I love this version the most because I can laugh at it, but I also get that message and it, and it sticks and it's, um, it sticks to landing kind of like Mary Lou Retton as tiny Tim in this movie. <laughs> um, but just, uh, just make sure that you do something small, just a small thing. And, um, 
that would help us get to the next step in making society and the world a better place. But until next time, just listen for my voice in the darkness, and I will talk to you guys then.